I think that's one key uh, to, to this business is how you can, you know, traverse because some people get stuck in trying to create it all. It's all been done before. You know? Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I'm excited to have another great guest. We have Ismail Reyes. Ismail, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Todd. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, from now on, we're going to call you uh, by what you go by, which is Ray. And uh, if that's all right. Perfect. Awesome. Let's do it. So Ray has been actively investing in residential real estate since 2005. And has focused exclusively on multifamily since 2016. He has led MI Real Estate in investing in 11 multifamily properties in Alabama, Florida, and Tennessee, totaling over four, totaling 401 units valued at $20 million. And uh, Ray also provides independent counseling to multifamily investors and is a best-selling author of Bluff, Bottom Line Upfront about passively investing in multifamily properties um, and a whole slew of other things. You uh, are a retired Lieutenant Colonel of uh, the, the U.S. Army. U.S. Over Army? Dude, over 28 years of service. <laughs> that is so awesome. And thank you so much for that service. That, that, is, that is so cool. It, it was my honor. It really was. Yeah, that 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 is that's awesome. And and uh, man, twenty eight years of service—that's a long time. Um, let we'll dig into that a little bit more too. Um, so let's dig in. Um, give me a, a little bit more, kind of about your background and and uh, where you've came from and, and where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm Puerto Rican. Um, by uh, by background, I was born in Puerto Rico, raised in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and so I'm I'm still suffering from our <laughs> my, our, our Packer loss. Oh man, <laughs> not no. too long ago, I'm I'm hurting for that. But you know, it, uh, I'm celebrating. I'm I'm a Minnesota. <laughs> some people, you know, they, they a lot of people don't hate the Packers. At least you know they may um, have another team that they favor, but right, it's not right. like a love hate relationship. But <laughs> nevertheless, so yeah, I raised raised there, went to Marquette University, uh, and then I I you know I enlisted uh, for uh, for money, frankly, to you know get some benefits, and that's a lot a reason for a lot of people to yeah. join the military. And it's just something that stuck with me when I got out, I decided I want to come back in and, and, uh, and, and be at, and go active duty. And so there started my journey in, into, into my, my first career field, which I was very passionate about. Um, I always had a second passion in my life and it was, it was real estate. Um, that kind of started out uh, throughout my years in the military, investing in multi, in single family. There's a lot of a lot of people do. We move around, we buy, you know, wherever we move. And, but that turned into a more specific focused uh, passion of mine into multifamily because I really wanted to do something be besides just, you know, invest here and there. I really wanted to do something bigger than that. And so that kind of led me to where I'm at today. I, I put in my paperwork a little bit sooner than I needed to. I could have stuck around a little bit more in the army, uh, but I felt like I had to pursue this, uh, you know, this, this, this other passion. And so here we are. Yeah, I mean, how could you give up after only 28 years, right? <laughs> uh, so 
why why do i it seems like there's a lot of people i know that are military um guys and gals who are real estate investors and it seems like almost everyone that i know has had a an extended stay in the military they didn't just serve their like four years and get out they were it seems like everybody i know that is an investor in real estate has like stayed in the military for 10 plus years um, or still in it in some capacity. Why? Like, is there a reason? So there's a, there's a couple reasons. The first one, and this, this has changed since I, since I got out, it used to be that you had to do 20 years before you got a retirement. Uh, yeah. so if you, if you kind of stuck around long enough, you know, right around the 10 year mark is kind of when you have to decide, is this long-term or do I want to do something else? Because there's, you know, you have opportunity costs that start growing. If you, if you stay in and decide, well, you know, at, at 17, I'm going to get out, you know, it, just, <laughs> it doesn't work. So, yeah. so a lot of people, you know, they, they stick around, they do their 20. Uh, and at that point they have something to hold on to, to kind of keep the family going and, and they're, you know, they're their lifestyle to some extent. I mean, it's it's not at the same amount of money as if you stayed in, but it's something and it allows you to sort of start moving in a different direction without completely foregoing some responsibilities that you have. A lot of people, mm -hmm. if they're not in the military, they have to kind of get through a, 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 a portion of W-2 time where they can accumulate in a, enough cash flow so that they can make that, that transition. When the military, you have that retirement that helps, gets you there yeah. a little bit quicker when you move. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, why, why the transition from like the single families to multifamily? What made you make that change? I tell you, I mean, it's, it's something that I, that I try to talk to people all every day about because a lot, of, a lot of folks are in the single family space. There's a lot of reasons, but it's primarily, you know, it's, if you want to do this and actually get somewhere fairly quickly, single family is not going to get you there. The process mm -hmm is a little different, but it's mostly the same. You got to go through some acquisition, looking at the, you know, what properties you want. You got to do some analysis. And by the time that's all done, it's two, three months and you got one asset, you know, one unit that if, you know, if your tenant decides to, you know, to skip or they, you know, they, they just moved then they, you know, wreck the place, you may have two months of zero income. And so, so, and you do all of that and you hope to get about 400, you know, cash flow and hope yeah. that nothing major breaks, right? right? And so right. the scale that you have with, with multifamily is, is what's so attractive. And it's kind of hard to grasp because people think you gotta be able to have millions of dollars to do it. But once you get beyond that mindset, it, it really is a no brainer. It's actually less risk than single family. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's funny. I hear people talk about, oh, with single family, you get your, your return on investments better. You, you've got, you can make 400 bucks on a single family house and you can't make 400 bucks a unit in a multifamily. And that's true, right? But what they don't realize is once you start scaling that single family business, it, it, uh, the returns don't stay the same unless you're hands-on, unless you're the one doing all the maintenance and showing <laughs> the units and stuff like that. But that's a totally different business model, right? Yeah. And so- yeah, it looks like single family on paper might make more money, but now you have that vacancy. You have that tenant that destroys your unit. You, I mean, you know, I know we've both dealt with it when we own these single family houses on paper, it shows 400 bucks a month, but in reality, you made 400, 500 bucks a month for four years in a row. And then all of a sudden we had that tenant that destroyed the place and 
now, now that year we just lost 800 bucks a month, you know? So it, yeah. it, it comes back. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the other thing is that when you start scaling some of the costs associated with running that business, real estate business yeah. re reduces, right? You have your property managers are a little bit uh, less expensive per unit. Yeah. They're actually better. They're more professional. They have, you know, it's a, it's not some, you know, some agent that takes a couple houses and, you know, now I'm a property manager. It's an actual company that can handle all mm. those things for you. Yeah. And it, yeah. there's just a lot of other benefits that go along with it. We, I mean, we can talk about that all, all this whole call and probably not get through it all. <laughs> yeah. A lot more professional to talk about the, you know, the, the real estate agents that decides they're going to be a property manager versus the big property management company, right. That manages 15,000 units or a lot more potentially. So yeah, big, big differences. Um, well, let's talk, uh, let's talk about your, your business and you've grown this business. You, you've, you're now multifamily. Um, give us some advice. What have you done that has allowed you to operate the business successfully? So this thing is, is, you know, making money, running smoothly. What are maybe three key things that you've seen that have played into your success? I mean, I think the first thing is for me was was uh, was just understanding the importance of partnerships in this business, mm -hmm. uh, and that's another thing that's attracted to military is we come from a you know a place where you know mission first and you know team. It's not about the individual. Well, it's not quite exactly the same in, in the multifamily space, but it's pretty darn close because you yeah. need to have good partners. Uh, you know, not just general partners, but you need passive, you know, passive partners that are willing to go into these deals. If it's a syndication, if it's a joint venture, you got to have, you know, partners that are willing to, you know, work with you. Uh, you have your network, which are all partners, whether it's your insurance agent, that's, you know, uh, whether it's your attorneys. So understanding the importance of partnership in this business was, was probably the most, you know, most important thing for me. And in order to do it quickly, it was a matter of how do I get a network without having to build one from scratch? And, I, and I'll leave it there because I think there's more to that. But I think that's one key uh, to, to this business is how you can, you know, traverse because some people get stuck in trying to create it all. It's all been done before. You know, there's people that, you know, that, that, that do that. And so I think that's key. Um, the other thing is um, I don't focus on you know, sort of, uh, you know, how many units I have. And I don't, that's not a goal of mine, right? Because I think it's a slippery slope. When you start going down this, the, the, uh, this, this uh, sort of goals of, hey, I'm going to take down a thousand units. Well, now you start cheating. You start looking at deals a little bit different because you got to hit your goal. And maybe the returns aren't quite what your investors want and what you're telling investors, but you know, the numbers are close, right? So I stay away from, from that. I focus more on what I call progression. So incrementally growing my business uh, in a way where I create additional systems when I need them, you know, via virtual assistance, uh, you know, and I'm focused on, on wealth building over time as opposed to here's what I got to do to hit these 1,000 units. So I think that's that's a dangerous proposition that, that a lot of people do. And I know it's, it's just for motivation that a lot of people do that when they set their goals. But some people take it beyond just motivation and they, you know, they, they start, you know, it becomes something more than that. And that's where people get in trouble. Uh, and then the last thing is, 
um, just being proportional with your life, right? And so that means that, yes, you have to work. And, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and I don't mean balance when I talk about work, you know, proportional. I don't mean the, the kind of balance where you do eight hours of work, eight hours of, you know, family time, and then you ate, you know, sleep for eight hours or do spiritual, because I, I think there's ways that you can have your, you know, have that balance. Um, and it may be that for when you're first starting your business, and it was for me, I was putting in a lot more uh, time. It just took more time as you're kind of working through these things and making sure you're doing it correctly. But now kind of scaling back a little bit and looking how, how I can sort of balance my life so I can do this long term and I can, you know, help people get to where they want to go without, without, you know, sacrificing. And, and when you sacrifice, you can do that over the short term, but if you do it over the long term, they're, they're not worth it. I mean, your, your physical body can only handle, you know, certain things, you know, and so there, all those things start pay, playing a role. So I think those are the key things that I've, you know, that I focused on that, that has helped, have helped me is, you know, really understanding partnerships, being more of an incremental business model versus, you know, some other models where you're trying to, you know, expand and grow to, to a point where you're, you're almost to the point of failure and then you try to take it, bring it back. And then just trying to be proportional about, about my, my life. Uh, and I think those all help. Yeah. Those all speak volumes to me. I mean, I've seen a lot of growth in the last few years due to partnerships and a lot of, even some of the growth that maybe it's like, oh, I want to go farther, but you can see it with the relationships being built and the possibilities that are surrounding you when you start doing that. That's so important. I love the unit count example. I, I see it so often, you know, especially in like the social media world we live in today. It's like people always brag on their unit count and that's what they're trying to achieve. And first of all, we don't even know what that means. Like you, you, you're telling me you own 6,000 units, but you own like 2% of 6,000 units, or do you actually own like the, you know, the majority of them? Are you the, the main spot? Like there's a totally, we, we don't know what any of that means. So when we get caught up in what other people are doing, we got to get that ego boost to get our unit count. That's where we get in trouble. Like you said. So uh, th those speak volumes to me. I, I love them. Hey, real quick. I just want to let you know about the multifamily challenge that we got going on. It's a five day multifamily challenge on how to get an offer and, uh, quickly, right? So we're going to teach you in five days, five one-hour sessions. We're going to go through the steps and the process to get there. So go to mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com. You can sign up. It's free. If you want the VIP, there's a bunch of things that we'll give away too. You got to, you, gotta, you do have to pay for that, but Hey, it's going to be well worth it. Again, you can get in for free. We're going to teach you how to get that offer across the table, get the LOI in uh, all the steps. So Ellis Hammond and I, Ellis was episode 316. Check, check out his episode. And we're going to be doing this next week. So sign up now at mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com and get in there. We're, uh, we're doing it next week and it's going to be awesome. So hope to see you there. What's a mistake that you've made on your journey here and how have you learned from it? How can our audience learn from it? I think honestly, the biggest mistake that I made is taking so long to get to where I'm at uh, in my mindset. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, we talked about the number of years I started, I started investing, you know, in about 2005 is when I, first, mm -hmm. when I bought my first 
you know, in, uh, you know, investment property. And it took me all the way to 2016 or so to figure out that that wasn't the answer. So I think it's, you know, how do, how do I, how can I help? I know you, you're trying to do the same thing is how can I help people not make the same mistake? Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to get there once you, you know, you, you wait that long and there's still this, this notion of risk and people are afraid you know, a lot of times, you know, with a single family, they can kind of see it, touch it. You know, they know they can kind of do it by themselves. And so that makes it a little bit more comforting. But man, it's just not the right answer. It just isn't. So I, that's my biggest, you know, if I could go back, I just look, I probably right around 2010, I really had the, the, the capacity to do it. And it took me another five years of kind of churning before I did. Yeah. You got to get out of your own way, man. I I'm the same. It's the same thing. Like we're, we're like speaking the exact same language here, man. I did the same thing. It was like, what, why did I think I couldn't expand? You just like that limiting belief, right? The paradigm just never shifted. It took way too long to shift. But now, as you, you mentioned before, though, we, we can have that incremental growth, right? The, the wealth building development over time that you might already mentioned and it's all okay, right? It's all okay. But yeah. and you're now you're just kind of telling people, Hey, you don't need to be as slow as I am. <laughs> you know, and, and you talk to people, I, I know I talk to people all the time and, you know, they, and, and especially this time of year, because people have just set their goals. They've yeah. kind of reflected on last year. Yeah. And I, I can't, I mean, I don't want to, I, mean, I have a lot of people that come to me and say, you know, we talked last year and we talked about all these things I was going to do and I didn't do any of it. And so I want to do it this year. And, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, you got to take that step, man. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of taking a step, you know, and, and some people just can't get there. It, it, that, that's the other thing, you know, just the, the fear of the unknown is just mm -hmm. mind boggling. I think that's why military people are, also do well in this business because we, we are, we are taught to take risk you mitigate that risk. Now, it doesn't mean you go out there willy nilly and just, just make some, you know, just throw money around. But there are ways to mitigate that risk that don't paralyze you. And, and what happens is a lot of people just sit there and they just, they just, you know, they have this paralysis analysis thing going where they want to study everything and, and it's still not enough and they never take any steps. What are a couple of ways you mitigate risk then on this deal without paralyzing yourself, right? What are, what are a few things that our listeners can hear? From? Sure. So the first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to understand the market before I started looking at, you know, so I started out as a passive investor, you know, my yeah. first couple of deals, uh, just because I wanted to understand the language, right? And, and so uh, for me, I had to be comfortable with the markets you know, and I, and I have a background in analysis. So, and, you know, so it wasn't completely foreign, but it was different. So I needed to understand, I need to come up with, with those on my own before I went out and reached out to people about potential investments. And so that was one way that I could personally mitigate that. Um, if you, other people, they just trust someone, you know, someone has, you know, done well, they've been in this business for a long time. And, and it's not so much about what what they know, but they trust that individual so much that they're willing to take that step. But whatever it is, you got to do it. For me, I didn't have those long, long uh, sort of relationships with, with people in this industry because I was in a completely different industry where I couldn't even have my phone in my office a lot of times, you know? And so I come to this place where now I got to kind of get out in the open. And, and so for me, the, the, the important thing was to, to understand what I was getting into personally, analyze and then look for people that were working and understood the market 
like I did. It's a sort of it, it helps you also because once you do your own analysis and you're hearing other people give you sort of that same language, you feel comfortable that you're making good decisions. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned networking without starting from scratch. How does somebody network yeah, without point. starting from scratch if you don't have a network? Yeah, no, that, and that's, I tell you, I mean, I, and, and that's another thing that I try to talk to people. So, so here's, here's what you do. It's, it's simple. Figure out what it is that you can offer someone else, be it money, be it some sort of talent, uh, just sweat equity, whatever that is, and go talk to people and say, here's what I can do for you. Um, and then they bring you onto their team and you work with them. And then by virtue of being on their team, whether if it's, you know, whether it's a general partnership or if it's even a passive investing uh, opportunity, you buy into that network. You, you, by being there and by investing, you get a chance to meet those operators, to talk to them, to ask them questions as you're going through and ask them who their attorneys are and, and, and all these sort of questions to sort of build that network around you. And you don't have to figure out from scratch. In fact, it's even better because you can drop the name. Hey, I talked to such and such. They said you were, you know, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, we, we, we need to talk. And so it kind of actually helps even that because you're able to, to, to sort of get beyond that initial step. And in many, many cases, especially when you're dealing with brokers, you know, it's, you know, you're kind of, you know, until you prove yourself, you're at the bottom of the barrel. And so when you yeah. can kind of drop a name, it kind of helps you get at least off the bottom, you know, and work, start working your way to the top. So inject yourself into a network, inject yourself into something and work from there. So now you've got, you, it's basically a foot in the door technique. You put your foot in and then you figure out what's going on around you and you start building that network that way, as opposed to like on the outside and I'm going to, you know, I, I need to have somebody that can underwrite and I need someone that can do this and I need someone that can do that. It's going to take you too long and you may never get there. You're frustrated because, you know, it's been a year and you still haven't been able to find a deal. Well, there's people finding deals now. Go, go talk to them and get in their deals, you know, and then you can yep. build the network. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's what I mean by that. That's the best way to explain it. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And you can also add value just even outside of real estate. I tell people all the time, look, if let's say you're a, you're a really good guitar player and you meet somebody that you, you want to network with and they want to learn how to play guitar, like, there you go. There's there maybe as your way in. So it doesn't always have to just be through real estate. Yeah. Maybe you got other ways you can get in the door and then eventually, you know, you can start learning from them. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's. It's really very true. Advice. One of the, one of the easy ways that I see that I see a lot is, you know, so you can be good at real estate and not be good at social media. And so uh, sometimes having that skill, that marketing skill and that ability to work, you know, the, those networks is invaluable to, to investors because as you know that, you know, there's two sides of this thing. One is, is, is finding the properties. The other one is raising the capital and the syndication model to be able to, you know, put the two together and acquire those assets. And so you really need to have both sides of that and social media plays a role. Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, especially if you're young and you're approaching somebody that is, uh, I mean, even myself, I mean, I, like I'm not that old, but with social media is just, it's, it's not natural to me. <laughs> I didn't grow up uh, within the social media era. And if you're, you know, 
even five to seven years younger than me, you're going to be in that social media era and you can add a lot of value. I'm still trying to get on TikTok though. I don't know about you, but I haven't, I haven't figured out the TikTok game yet. No, I have no, I have no, I have no interest. Like I can't even get, like I struggle to be uh, in into it with like Instagram and Twitter and even Facebook. It also is like, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe one day, probably not. <laughs> That's all good. Um, so how do you like to, how do you like to give back? I think I already know the answers, but how do you like to give back? Yeah. So there's, there's two things and this kind of goes to the spirituality part of sort of the balance aspect. And so I, I like to give back in, in two main ways. One, I love helping out veterans, you know, and, and so wherever I can just give them my time, I just so many times I just spend, you know, 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, answering their questions, just, you know, talking to them and, you know, and trying to understand where they're at and what they're trying to do. And, you know, not just in real estate, but in other things. Yeah. And so I, anywhere I can help them, I, I feel like it's something that I, that I, some way that I can still give back, you know? And so that there are, you know, there are a lot of veterans that, that get out and, you know, and they just, they just can't figure out how to make it work on the outside. And, you know, you, you know, veterans are, there's 22 veterans a day that, that, that kill themselves. <sighs> and so if I can do something, if we can do something, just sort of get out there and, and talk with them. I think that's half the half the battle, you know. So I, that that's always something that's you know, is near near my heart. And and uh, you know, I, you know, after 28 years, I feel like I understand them, you know. And 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 I, and if I can help them, that's that's even better. Um, the second thing is I've I've always given uh, for probably now for almost 20 years to an organization called Children's International, and. Um, and I give money uh, every month to to them, and I, I've actually helped raise. I guess the word isn't raise, but you know, given money for three young children that that were disadvantaged in in uh, one in Colombia and two in the Dominican Republic. And I just gave money to help them sort of get the things that they needed that you know we a lot of times take for granted. And so that's that's some other way that I give, and I and I'd like to do more. I'm trying to. You know, as I get this going, I'd, I'd like to see how I can maybe provide to another child uh, and, and maybe, and, 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 you know, obviously part of, you know, building wealth is not just hoarding it, it's having it available to them do those kind of things. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people may want to give, but if they have nothing to give, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, I guess they can give time, but I, I'd like to, to be able to do more of that. I really like that. Part of wealth isn't about hoarding. It's really about you know, what, basically what good you can do with it. That's, yeah. uh, that, that's really true. And, and, you know, th thank you for um, sharing that for, you know, being a blessing to those, those people. So what's, you know, we talked, I mentioned in the intro bluff, uh, your book, yeah. explain a little bit about the inspiration about the book and uh, maybe like a quick little snapshot of what it is. Yeah, so I, I, a lot of people will, you know, they, they, they don't understand what the term bluff means, but, uh, and so I spell it out. I actually, that's part of the reason why the, the title is so long, because I wanted to make sure that everyone got it's it. So short, you, but yeah. it's so long. <laughs> and and it, part of it is because in the military, we, we're kind of raised to to think about um, part, uh, problems that way and, and, and figure out how to provide information um, to others quickly. And so when we talk to leaders, we want to give them a bottom line up front on whatever the situation is. You know, if they're coming to your, 
you know, if they're coming into the operations center, hey, what's going on with the enemy? What's going on? So you have to be able to, you know, speak, uh, you know, in, in, in very in simplistic and short ways to provide a lot of information quickly because they're busy. Uh, and so that's kind of how we, you know, we kind of part of our culture is to is to always give that bottom line up front, that elevator pitch, if you will, uh, to our leaders. And so that that re I think that resonates with veterans, and 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 that was kind of where I wanted to go with this book. And this book is is nothing more than sort of a linear, a flow chart, a checklist of how of what a passive investor can 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 do to understand those investments and to to be prepared to invest, right? And and so because you know. Uh, if you've never done it before, uh, it could be like we talked about a little bit scary. So this kind of uh, kind of paints a picture uh, in in very short version. It's it's about a hundred pages, and it it it's not meant to kind of elaborate on anything. It's just meant to kind of take them from point A to point B uh, with these type of investments. And so that was kind of the goal. And then obviously, uh, I started out as a as a limited partner, as a passive investor, and so I had that insight. Um, and then I also had the whole, you know, sort of that background and, and understanding those pain points that, that military people go through as we're moving from place to place. And if you want to invest and how do you do it? And a lot of times people would invest someplace and then a year later they, they, they get orders that they weren't expecting and now they got a house. Oh. What do you do with that house? And, you know, by the way, uh, an investment property is probably not the same as where uh, where your family wants to live. They're not exactly the same. I always wanted to put my wife in a quad. <laughs> it never worked. And so uh, so all those kind of things that, that, I'm, that I was kind of trying to convey to in this book uh, on the possibilities. Nice. Nice. So no fluff, no, no extra, extra sugar, just straight to the point yep. military style. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, I got a couple of uh, last questions before we wrap up. Um, first question, what's your favorite book? I've, I, you know, and I, and I know a lot of people say it, but it really is the mindset book for me. And that's uh rich dad, poor dad. I mean, just under, just getting that in your brain and understanding that is, is so critical to, to kind of moving forward in this. If you don't get that, nothing else makes sense. And there's other books I can mention. Like, like, I also like the cash flow quadrant. That's my number two kind of, it, it, that goes into a lot more detail. But yeah, just the mindset aspect of, of that book is just phenomenal. It helped me yeah. uh, tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading it to my daughter. Um, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Uh, we talked a little about it a little bit. I think it's just partnerships, really yeah. grinding down on the partnerships. It's, I call them the three P's. And it, you know, I, we, we try to put it, you know, acronyms into everything, right? So it's the P is partnership, progression, and proportion. And that's kind of been my, 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 my goal and my, my way forward here. Um, at some point, we all kind of become passive investors, I think. You know, you, you get to a point where it's like, okay, I just, you know, I want to do other things, but, and, but I still know this business is, is good business. So, I, you know, you, you go from being a net, potentially a general partner to just passively investing in other deals. And then you do other things that you want, that you want to do or, or maybe you just do less. You know, you maybe only do one deal instead of three or four in a year. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my, my sort of my, my, my uh, path forward, if you will. That's cool. Awesome. Well, look, Ray, I, I really appreciated our conversation and, and 
the information you've brought really a lot of golden nuggets here. I think that people can take out of this conversation. Um, you know, the three P's, um, you know, the networking without starting from scratch, which is huge. Um, just, just a lot of great information. How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on? Yeah, the easiest way is on my website, uh, mirealestate.us. And then from there, they can jump into my social media and we can connect in many ways that way. Perfect. Again, really appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd, man. Thanks for having me again. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.